0: Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is February 17th. I've got Pat with us here today. How's it going, Pat?
1: Good, Mike. How are you today?
0: I'm doing pretty good. We're going to talk a little bit about weather today, 2023, a little bit about our weather forecast, and uh, going to start us off uh, talking about some odd weather, actually, Pat. Uh, I was looking before the show here today, and Argentina could be experiencing a frost in the next coming days, which for us, it may not sound very crazy, but for them, it's basically summertime, right?
1: Right. So, how much are you sort of, uh, I guess, getting into this uh, uh, higher weather volatility because we've had some of those uh, those uh, kind of extraordinary weather events happening up here over mm-hmm. the last three or four months as well. Is that some indication of a changing weather pattern perhaps?
0: Definitely. You got 10-day weather patterns that you would experience El Nino weather type events and then 10 days of La Nina. And usually some of those can be pretty extreme. For the United States here, that would lead to extra snowfall days or maybe extreme drought for 10 days, whatever that means. Um, But odd weather events could occur like that back and forth a little bit as it changes. And that's what we're really going to talk about today, Pat, is the forecast for 2020 23 weather and kind of what La Nina is, what El Nino is, and uh, what that tells us about this upcoming, upcoming growing year for crop production in both the United States and likely the world
1: yeah Mike that sounds good Why don't you provide a little bit of insight on that? I know that's been a, a very popular talking point uh, this winter about uh, you know the challenges that that, uh, that we've had in in various growing regions across the globe the last two or three years and the impact that it's had on on global grain production, and so you know, I think it's three years in a row of below trendline mm-hmm. yield events here in the U.S. As an example, and uh, as we lead into uh, an outlook conference, the USDA outlook conference this month, and and we'll see our first look at what their guess is for a trendline type of yield for next year. It's certainly a pertinent topic, and we're on the cusp here, right? If we are continuing these uh, extended weather challenges why we're likely to experience continued elevated prices here. But uh, but you start uh, reverting back to a more normal sort of weather pattern and uh, a higher probability of higher trend line yield events, uh, why this balance sheet could change pretty significantly. So I think this is as good of, or as important a topic as anything to, 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 to work through here in the middle of February.
0: Definitely. So you mentioned the last three years with some struggling uh, yield events here in the United States, and so has Brazil for that uh, for that matter. But uh, those were La Nina weather patterns that we experienced over the last three years. And uh, one of the things we see with that in the Midwest here in the uh, South Dakota, Nebraska, historically in those weather patterns are a little bit uh, drier. A lot of the coasts would see some more uh, experience with rainfall, picking up of hurricanes, things like that. And all of that has been pretty easily seen over the last three years and some strange weather at that And uh, as we work into this time frame of spring, early summer, we're supposed to transition out of this three-year pattern of La Nina that we were just getting into the third year here, which is abnormally long for what it's worth. Typically, you see it one, maybe one and a half, two years, but not three. That's very abnormal to have that many years in a row for that pattern. And we're going to start to see that shift a very high percentage Uh, probability, at least, that we are going to change to an El Nino weather pattern by this next summer. So what that means, Pat, is as we make that transition uh, from La Nina to El Nino, that historically would produce more of an average type growing year in this part of the world, Pat. So what do you got to say about uh, the forecast here with La Nina switching to El Nino,
1: I mean, I, I guess there's some risk, right, of it of it not uh, uh, converting all the way over to to uh, el nino and there's some sort of a neutral pattern type risk and what happens in those times of years when those situations occur
0: yeah so if we do get stuck in something like a neutral pattern here through this you would experience something more uh, like 2012 a very abnormal event even more abnormal than the la nina pattern is which would be neutral and that could be some very difficult growing conditions um, given what we've seen in the past so the likelihood of us going to El Nino is very, very high, like 85 90% probability. But there is that, there, there is that small, slim chance that we could get stuck in something like a neutral weather pattern here um, going forward, and that would probably not bode well for uh, crop production in the United States. So when we look at uh, what we've seen for uh, crop production in, in years of El Nino, uh, that would be f- a lot more favorable to upside uh, growing potential. So, about, uh, for example, 10 out of the 13 years that we've had those type of events, we've had above trend line yields with an El Nino year. And it's not necessarily just that, but pretty much every year we've ever had a record yield has been El Nino. Uh, it's a lot more difficult for you to get a record yield uh, in a La Nina year. So, Pretty much to sum things up, if we do experience an El Nino type uh, weather event going forward, it just historically that would raise our probability of being able to grow a good crop in the United States and likely world too, where it matters.
1: Exactly, and so to, to wrap up this portion of the of the discussion, I'd just say that, and I, you know, one of the things that we we used as illustrations uh, in some of the presentations that we gave this week is is the drop monitor map in the U.S. and uh, uh, finishing up the growing. Season in 2019, um, you know, all white all across the whole country, right? No, yeah. no drought concerns whatsoever. And so, over the last three years, as we've worked through this. Uh, La Nina type weather pattern we all know what's happened right uh, um, the, the drought not only droughts here in the in the Midwest but also in the Southwest and Southern Plains and so um, and so you know also if you would look at a weekly corn chart um, we didn't spend much time at all uh, above five bucks uh, before 2020 we haven't spent much time below 5 bucks since 2020 and there's a there's a direct correlation to those two observations right a pretty good one a pretty good one exactly and so um so that's it that's all framed up uh you know it, it and 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 not surprisingly right as we sort of think about what the potential prospects are for uh december corn futures specifically uh trading around that six dollar mark today it elevates up to seven ish if uh or so you know if if these, drought, uh, uh, if these, if these droughts uh these droughts persist if we get this changing weather pattern uh there's probably some downside from the numbers that uh, that, that even the the discounted new crop markets trading at today and so you know, we say all of that, I suppose, say this. It's uh, pretty darn important that um, all of us, from a real crop producer perspective or from an end-user perspective, think through, I guess, the risks and probabilities and manage accordingly. And, you know, there's some pretty unique and neat ways that we can go about doing that. From, a, from an end-user's perspective, there's some nice opportunities and alternatives that relates to option management that allow for us to to manage the risk of the drought persisting, uh, but yet uh, be able to participate in lower markets if they present themselves. From a real crop producer's perspective, there's some unique uh, opportunities and options available to us to find the right combination of uh, of crop insurance strategies coupled with uh, risk management uh, uh, strategies as well that allows for us to accomplish the same thing from a real crop producer's perspective. Let's keep one eye on yield potential, another eye on price risk, and manage accordingly. And so um, you know, that's really the message, Mike, as it relates to, this, to, the, to the weather portion of this thing and how or what that means as it relates to, uh, you know, the impact of the bottom line on our farms.
0: And I, to build on this a little bit now, Pat, over the winter timeframe here, we typically see a corn market that likes to consolidate or move sideways. And we're seeing that again this year. And now real recently, we've started to see a few more bigger items come into this market that could have longer term impacts on our market. Uh, Russia has increased some of their offenses again. Uh, we've talked a little bit more about, More about China reopening their economy, and now uh, we're also talking about uh, tensions between the U.S. and China, and uh, seeing a lot more headlines talking about that with, uh, with the recent events with the weather balloons, spy balloons, whatever you want to call them. Uh, a lot of these other events are starting to pick up here as we've really consolidated this corn market tight together. And we're heading into a time frame of the year where we usually like to, to have some bigger swings now again after this uh, more sideways pattern. So it'll be interesting to watch which one of those events really try to push the markets around um, going forward. And it's going to be impossible to know if it's up or down or all the way around here, right? But um, what do you have to say about all that? I guess going into spring. Yeah, I, it's
1: uh, the 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 outside influence, the 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 influences, the macro uh, impacts on on our commodity markets are are as uh, as significant as as ever, Mike. And and uh, you know it's 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 worth reminding ourselves that we're still trying to work through the great experiment of how do you manage. Um, economies uh, uh, coming out of a hundred-year pandemic for a good portion of the world, and and China is still, you know, experiencing all of that. And so, you know, the risk of inflation and the impact that can have on commodity demand is is significant. And then, and then that uh, um, is is not uh, maybe even the most important macro item at play today, as you mentioned. The Russian-Ukraine crisis is still. Uh, a significant part of the impact of all of that too, and so the China and Indian economies are uh, benefiting from you know utilizing Russian crude at a twenty five dollar a barrel discount to what the rest of the planet is 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 paying for energy these days, and and uh, that too is uh you know kind of meld the two issues together right as China comes out of their COVID issue and they have have had access to cheaper energy. Russia's claiming or saying that they're going to cut back on production. And so there's a lot of balls in the air there. And so your observation is accurate as it relates to, you know, trying to predict or or guess uh, correctly what the outcome of all of this is, is is likely a a, a bit of a challenging task. And so, you know, revert back to then, right? Let's make sure that we're, um, there's one thing that we probably can uh, assure ourselves of is is the the volatility in these markets aren't likely going away anytime soon because of all of the things exactly. that we tried to discuss today. And so, you know, volatility often creates opportunity, but the only way to 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 know and capture that opportunity is to is to have a defined plan uh, and execute. what makes sense for your business and and then uh, when the market presents those alternatives why why take advantage of them so look forward to that opportunity to uh uh, engage uh, with with any of you as it relates to how that can can apply specifically to your operation um but mike i i also appreciate the discussion right is 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 everything that's happening today as it relates to internal fundamentals the impact of weather and changing weather patterns that it has on on global balance sheets to um gosh how how is china going to react to uh you know uh, coming out of their covid concerns and into uh an inflationary uh uh increased economic activity
0: That'll be something to really watch here at a time frame where we're really focused on weather. So a lot of balls will be in the air and I I think we'll start to see some more market movement again in these grain markets going forward, Pat. Um, Any final thoughts for our listeners here this week?
1: That's it. I appreciate the time. Appreciate everyone taking the time to listen.
0: All right. Well, we got a holiday on Monday, so no markets on Monday, but we will catch you guys next Tuesday. Thanks. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.